This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, Tinsley Law and Title, and Gibson Pharmacy. Their sponsorship allows me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by shopping these local businesses and by following each of their Facebook pages. Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the courtroom of County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, Judge? Doing well, Michael. All right, so we're here to talk about what's going on in your county government. Today we're going to talk about the budget getting approved. We've got some uh, updates. We want to talk about what's going on with the new communication system that's coming in. There's uh, some things I'm interested in as far as our infrastructure, particularly in our bridges. And then, of course, we're going to do an update on COVID. So that's what we've got on the agenda for today. Let's start out. Uh, this should be go quick. The budget got approved. It did. It got approved this year. Um, tax rate was set, and now we're set up and ready to go. We actually were able to uh, pass a budget that met the, the future needs of the county and was able to realize a little over a cent and a half tax reduction. All right. So the tax rate was decreased by a little more than 1.5 cents per $100 valuation. That's right. Great news, by the way. We'll give some... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll give some high fives all around. I know that the city of Athens and Athens ISD also did that uh, around the county. I know there are other school districts who have done the same thing. Right. So a lot of people will be seeing a reduction overall in their tax rate on their tax bill. That's right. And, you know, we talk tax rate. We talk um, actual uh, tax dollars. What we did is for a $100,000 valuation. Do you have a home worth... $100,000. This year, as in the budget year 2020, your tax, you paid $477. If you owned a $100,000 home, you right. paid $477. Right. So next year, you will pay $465 for that same. Right. One hundred thousand evaluation. If your house is still valued at a hundred thousand dollars, that, that's the difference. That, that's the difference. Sure, but what we're talking about here is even if, even if you're able to keep it generally, so the bottom line on the tax bill is still fairly close to the same. You're you're still talking about we had some big bites out of the budget this mm -hmm. year yeah. uh, because of COVID. Uh, I think we talked about it one time right off the bat, you're losing almost a half a million dollars in tax, uh, in, in income right. from interest, right? Um, which is really tough off the books. And, and we had another $100,000 in the jail over there right. with people who have been in the jail for longer than they should because of COVID instead of moving on to the prison system. And so there's a lot of places. And then the other one, I think, was the insurance rates. Yeah, that's right. You know, there are so many facets of the county budget that um, get a tick here and a tick there. But when we're looking at it, when you look at the overall approach and um, 22 county budgets I have worked on, our 
theory has always been that we be as conservative as possible and keep that rate flat so you don't have the spikes and the lows because it's just a consistent level. During the times where we were so flat, where we actually lost value, um, about five years in a row, county was pretty well flat from 2011 to 2016, um, 17 in there. Instead of raising the rate, we kept the rate as is mm-hmm. and, and held everything in check. Sure. So that were all of our surrounding counties were raising um, their tax rates for whatever reason. That's not putting slam on them. We worked very hard to keep our rate flat, even by cutting the budget that one year, um, 1.2 million. So um, it, it ebbs and it flows. And every year there is a different need or a different circumstance uh, who would have ever thought what 2020 is we sure forward bring and but i feel very confident and very proud of the commissioners and uh, the other departments for all the work that was put into this i believe we have with this year's budget set the table for the next two or three years that's going to have King Harris County in great shape. Well, and I know that the uh, commissioner's court and particularly the county judge's office, uh, once that gets passed, gets to come back to the office, close the door and sigh a big <laughs> sigh of relief because that is the major thing on your uh, calendar for every year. So congratulations on getting the budget approved and getting past that. Um, we've spent a lot of time the last couple of podcasts talking about that. So let's move on to something I know that uh, uh, I'm really interested in. Um, the new communication system. We've talked about this with uh, Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse from his side of it as far as what they're doing. Uh, but this is a countywide communication system. Tell us where that stands right now. Oh, this thing has um, moved along wonderfully. You know, it started back, uh, we've been in discussions for a number of years, but it actually really began working hard at it about three years ago. Uh, the, the committee was formed that actually did the interviewing, and there was like 20-something meetings that took place just into selecting a vendor, so you bring the best value. But where we're at now, we are a, a four-site P25 um, digital system that will guarantee 95% coverage from the hip. Um, with our radio communications, which um, if individuals that aren't familiar with that understands is that um, due to our topography and and our logistical layout of Henderson County, uh, our communications have been limited and it's been running on a um, traditional uh, VHF system that was designed in the 1970s. And it has been one of those projects that We'll get to, we'll get to, but we're really proud that we're able to get to it now. And actually, without having to finance, that's something that we, we you hear us talk about a lot. We're very proud that Henderson County is debt-free, and we've actually paid for this out of reserve money so that the communication system is not an item hanging on the tax rate. So the other cool thing about this to me is that it's Henderson County's system, Yes. not... Henderson County paying somebody else right and like renting the system or renting radios or paying for an ongoing service this is actually your system 
that's going to be around for years. It, it is. And, you know... It's a little different approach than some other counties have taken. It is. And the best way to describe the approach that you're talking about where you're renting, it's almost like using the cloud computing. Um, Google, um, what is it? Uh, Google Drive or um, Microsoft Teams, you know, where you are actually using the cloud to do your storage, do your work, or in the business they call it software as a service. Mm-hmm. Well, communications has come to that as well because it actually is. We think of radios as radio frequencies, that type of thing. It's actual digital communications, uh, voice over IP, if you will. And so you have more ability to provide the service and what has been the push throughout the state is um, with some areas, they have a communication system that can be used as a software as a service. So instead of us relying on another vendor to provide us with communications, because if it can hit the tower, it then goes to our fiber that's across the the nation and you can use it like a telephone. So you don't have to reach one location the other. So instead of using a software as a service vendor, we built it in ourselves for several reasons. One, it is under our control. There is a set cost of it. And we have some built-in redundancies in the system so that if you have an issue where you lose one of what they call a cores, we have a second core that is a backup so that we are fully redundant and capable of providing these services in times of emergencies. And with that system, under our current system, we actually had three towers for EHF, but what we are doing now is spanning out that tower system so that we have better coverage and even you know to help with interoperability, which we've discussed before, or many of you have heard about, uh, that came out of 9-11, the issue when the Twin Towers fell about how communications do not flow across boundaries or even between departments. Well, you're talking about back then, the police department couldn't talk to the fire department, couldn't talk to the exactly. firefighters who were coming from other places to help. Exactly. No one could talk. And when you're talking to interoperability, you or, look around right. Henderson County and you've got how many police departments, how many fire departments all over the place. Exactly. And when you look, say, a police chase coming out of the Metroplex, they sure. cross several county lines and under a P25 interoperability system, it just seamlessly transfers. That individual is still talking as he is running. And um, it it truly is the next step in emergency communications. Okay, and so the other part about this is what when you're going to turn it on. Right. And um, all along I've heard, now let's do this first. This is a $4.5 million project, I believe it is. Yes, it is. And it's, it's been going for a while now, like you said, you go back three years when the planning started. Right. Set to get turned on in March. In March. Contractually, we were stand up in March, uh, though we are very, very excited that we believe we can meet a December. Yeah, so ahead of, uh, it's not often you get ahead of schedule. No, you don't. I mean, it's very rare you get ahead of schedule, but uh, we don't want to jinx it. Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Fingers crossed, knock on wood, all of that. Maybe like with the burn ban, if we talk about it, we get rain. So with this one, we're going to take just the opposite approach. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, we're just gonna we we have to shut up. Um, all right, so the four point five million is already it is already done. It's already paid for this yeah. system. Actually, in the budget, um, the coming budget is our last payment. There you go. The last payment. Good and really Which is done. where that whole idea of, you know, the difference between having your own versus a right. service. Like, it, it, so. Right. Because it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars in a year for these services. It and does. when you look at a system that's going to last you, well, how long did the last system last? Uh, since the mid 70s. Yeah. So yeah. if you have, let's, let's just take half of that. Half of that. And right. say it lasts 25 years instead of 50. Right. So if it lasts 25 years, you're talking about a significant savings by having it yourself, besides the fact that you're keeping right. it under your own control. Exactly. I mean, when you look at it, we started looking at what other um, organizations were paying for the software as a service, and we've seen some as high as half a million dollars every year for something they don't own and don't have control over. Renting versus buying your own house. Exactly. And it's not as easy, you know, some. Um, it is not as easy when you have all the changes happening and that demand for cash flow. And if we can control our own destiny, the better shape we're in. And this is going to be a system that touches on every part of the county. I mean, the police departments, fire departments, right. emergency services, mm -hmm. all of these places. Um, I understand that the the like the, the county barns and everything else will be able to be on this system because exactly. because it's digital. Because it's digital. Each radio per se has like its own it address, has, its own number. Just, just like a computer, it has its own IP address. And so you know we right. we've got plenty to go around. Right. And, you know, when you take the capability that you have in that, uh, we'll, go, we'll go back to the tornado that happened at um, Eustis in 2017. Right. You know, and others, we are limited in our communications to cell phones. Well, when you have a disaster type situation where it destroys infrastructure like that, and plus the demand in disasters for cell phone usage, goes way up. Your communications are limited. And then many times those are crucial communications that need to take. And this is a way that we ensure that happens. Not only for us, but if it's bad enough for any relief coming into the county from the state, from other entities, we have the system and the capability to support it. All right, let's move on to um, uh, another subject, a topic that I'm interested in, infrastructure. Um, you know, when we talk infrastructure, we're talking roads, buildings, things like that. And one of the things that I know uh, has been a topic of interest all across the state is the condition. <laughs> Apologies. No, that's all right. That's all right. That's the, you, you, you got it set so that you can hear it. That's yeah. good. Um well, one thing is the, the the condition of our bridges. Yes. And so I'm interested. Tell us, like, what what's the condition of our bridges in Henderson County? Henderson County, for the last uh, 15 years, has stayed very proactive with its bridges. Um, every two years, the state gives an inspection. They're required to inspect our county bridges and give them a load rating. Not just here, every right. county there is. And for many years, the county has proactively 
replaced bridges and brought them into shape, taking them from either culverts on creek crossings where a bridge used to be and replacing them, bringing them up to a steel and concrete structure or replacing some of the old traditional wood bridges that you see around. Sure. Um, the bridges are not well dispersed through the county. The majority of your bridges are in Precinct 3 and uh, it is, I believe there's almost 30-something bridges up at Precinct Wow, 3. I did not know that. There's um, seven or eight in precinct two uh precinct one has two and i'm not sure how many precinct four has it's not very many now when we when we're talking about this we are talking about the bridges on county roads we're talking about county bridges we're not talking about those bridges like over Cedar Creek Lake. Right. Those are text dot. Those are text dot bridges. Right. And I know that there's been work done on them as well. Yeah. It's, it seems to have been the trend, not only with the county, but with the state here, especially in Henderson County, with all the work on bridges over Cedar Creek Lake. And even when we had the um, fishery, not the fishery, but... Uh, Fisherman's Lake over here. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, it has been, um, there's been a lot of infrastructure improvements at the state and the county level in those areas. There was a lot of work. I mean, I remember that uh, in Tool, there was a bridge shut Mm -hmm. down. Was that last year? Yeah, last year. They're at the um, actual dam. Right, and it was shut down for, for a while as they fixed that. I know there was some work done. Uh, on the um, in this in on the bridges in seven points mm-hmm. over the lake, but we're talking about the county, county bridges, bridges. And, and you've replaced some in recent years. Oh yes, I mean it has been a steady process. Um, my time at Precinct Two, we replaced a bridge about every three years, given we had those um, seven or eight. Um, Commissioner Tulig replaced two bridges and the one location that always floods which some call it Peachtree Road and those that have been around a long time will call it Cedar Creek Farms Road. Um, Precinct 3 has continually due to the number of bridges in place has been on bridge replacement and maintenance as a major part of their duties due to the number that they have. Um, Commissioner McCann replaced one this year and I believe has on tap uh, of replacing uh, one every year in his precinct and it's just due to the topography of the area when you get back up over in precinct three with kickapoo and all of those low-lying areas but it's something the county has been continually addressing for a long time Uh, we did have three bridges damaged a few months ago and one of those has already been rebuilt in precinct four and the other two remain in precinct one which are in the pipe and should begin before too long all right. So that's some good stuff. I, I think that the infrastructure, I know that, you know, you and I have talked about it many times. To me, it's like almost a commissioner is two different oh, yes. people. They have the political side that they do when they come to commissioner's court and pass the budget and make those kinds of decisions. And then there's the part where they got to go back to their precinct and they got to be a road commissioner and that's take right. care of these kinds of things. They wear multiple hats. One other thing, you know, when you look at um, the buildings as a part of infrastructure, uh, we started replacing roofs a number of years ago with sprayed foam roofing, and which has been really worked well for us. And even in this um, coming budget, the county set aside money to begin to specifically start addressing the courthouse and start exploring avenues 
of possible things to come with the courthouse. But we are beginning the 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 first phases of that in the coming year. Well, that'd be a great thing because, I mean, even though the majority of the offices are no longer actually in the courthouse. Right. The courthouse is such an iconic part of our county. It is something that we definitely need to take care of. It is. Um, former Commissioner um, Commissioner Cheney and I, incidentally, were in Navarro County looking at their courthouse. They've gone through the whole renovation project right. and all of that the day that the governor first declared the emergency for COVID. So um, we've, we've got really got some exciting stuff that we're really exploring when it comes to our building infrastructure. By the way, don't don't want to get anybody upset. I'm sorry to the county attorney and the district clerk who I know are still oh, yes, over yes. there in the courthouse <laughs> and working. The 173rd and the 173rd district, court, district courts there and there are things still going on in the courthouse. Right. Don't want to say that they're not. No, no, no. Very <laughs> Don't, active. Very active. Very, <laughs> but the majority of public traffic has right. moved uh, to to the annex. Right. And that was a part when we purchased the annex was it was built for customer service right. style where you're in sure. and out and moving and to allow a um, the the courthouse, which was built in 1914, to, yeah. to get a breather because the overcrowding that was going on back then. And just it's a wonderful old building yes. that, that has so much history and is such an identity of Henderson. County. Sure. So. Sure. And I believe one of our JPs is uh, mm -hmm. over there as well. Yeah. And so I don't want any of those <laughs> folks to think that we've forgotten about them. I was talking about some of the day-to-day -day business that yes. happens with the uh, county clerk's office right. and, and some of those in the tax office right. and some of those. All right, so uh, before I get in any more trouble, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on and do our weekly update on COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and my take over the last week is it's been fairly positive. It has, and we've continued on that trend that we've spoken about. We've plateaued, and we remain in that plateau. Um, I do believe that due to the hurricane coming in uh, down south, that with the moving of, of patients and things to meet um, that issue, much like what we've got with Orange County with right. um, holding their inmates, there's been some movement there that's made the numbers fluctuate somewhat. Maybe it's Put, put put our uh, hospitalizations back up just a just little a bit, bit for a while but being in our in our TS short TSA AG, the trauma service area you know, and again we're going to say this because <laughs> every time someone asks me the um, hospitals in the state are broken out into 22 separate right. regions they are called trauma service areas um, our trauma service area is TSAG, and it includes Tyler Longview and it has counties. about a million people right. in it. And right now, it's got about 220 people in the hospital uh, for COVID related reasons. Right, right. And that's where we've been for several so weeks, weeks. Weeks. It just yeah. continues to, to move in that range from the low 190s to the 220. Which is actually an improvement because a few weeks ago we were from 220 yeah. uh, up to 250, 270. Right. And so it has come down a little bit. Um, the interesting thing to me too is we're now a week and a half into school being back. 
Yes. And I have not seen any real increase across the board on any of the things. Now, I think we still need to see a little we more, do. but you need to go a little further. If, if we're in this same place another two weeks, right? I'm going to say that opening up the schools was a success. Yes, and don't forget we have the holiday this weekend. We have Labor oh, Day. Oh, Labor Day. Up. That was we spiked really bad with Fourth of July. Well, we did. So um, we've got our fingers crossed, and I believe I've heard some of them say with school openings, Labor Day, and there was one other metric I can't remember. What How about football games? Yeah, football games. But if we can successfully navigate that, uh, I, I believe 2021 will be so much better. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> we, yeah, that's. I think everybody is, it, it, it just turned September and everybody's like, is it New Year's Eve yet? Yeah, I think we can write off that old axiom about don't wish your life away. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, that does not, that does not count for 2020. And I think everybody would like 2020 to be over. Exactly. All right. So that's where we're at with COVID though. I don't think, well, there we did have, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to play it down and I don't want to make light of it. We did have one more death. We did, but um, one interesting thing is, Michael, as we have said many times, uh, there are delays in information coming. Um, it is our understanding that this particular passing took place um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And, and due to the the whole issue of reporting sure. and running through and the change, because when, when they shifted from making the determination um, through this form to using the actual death certificate, it takes time now sure. for some things to get through. Which is, and, which is why we continually say every week, be careful putting too much emphasis exactly. on daily fluctuations. That's going to happen. There's going to be data drops. There's going to be all kinds right. of data dumps. There's going to be stuff like that. Um, pay attention to the trends. And the right. trend right now is 10 or less cases a day right. um, and 220 to 200, maybe a little under 200 yeah. cases in the hospital. Yeah, and um, we continually get questions asked about the recoveries. And when you do out the timing, if you look at the trends on where we have had um, individuals identified, so many of our recoveries are coming at that timed out, you know, after yes, 30 days right. because of all the work that's having to be done on the front end. Sure. So our recoveries being reported, they lag. You right. Know. You're, you're talking about the fact that the net health, net when health, it comes right. right down to it, like, that they did not have the staff for a pandemic. No, nobody. Nobody, nobody did. did. But right. they didn't have the staff to cover a pandemic. And so often they are playing catch up with numbers. Yeah. And because you want to be proactive on the front end where people are actually getting sick, that means you're not being as proactive on the back end where people are recovering because, right. you know, hey, they're recovered. <laughs> well, well that, that you're exactly right. And the other thing that came out this week, what was it they were saying about the CDC uh, reporting on the, co the comorbidity with... So I think it was only 6% of the deaths were only related to COVID. Right. The rest of them were COVID plus. COVID, COVID because, plus. So, for instance, COVID plus heart disease. Right. 
put those two together and you end up with someone dying of a heart attack. Well, when you look at our society today, and of course you talk with the doctors and, yeah. and I do too, um, they'll often look at you and say, you know how many people we have out there with multiple issues? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's a part of what the, sure. the issue is when they say, well, you know, it doesn't fit this criteria. A lot of these comorbidity issues sure. are more prevalent than we really understand. Oh, you know, that's, and we go all the way back to the beginning. What yeah. did we say? The, the, most at-risk populations were those people with underlying right. health risks. And what we're seeing is the people who are um, having the worst outcomes are the ones with underlying health. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe when we come out of this, everyone will be a bit more healthier. Well, at least we'll know how to wash our hands. <laughs> exactly. At least we'll know how to wash our hands. Hey, one, one, one quick thing, because I've seen some stuff uh, around town. Um, some people are still not happy with our governor. That's what I hear. They, they, are, I... they are really not happy with our governor um, because there are still some businesses that are not back to normal. Yeah. Um, it seems to be a trend. You're seeing it now. Yes, here locally and it's, and all around. It's, it's pretty much around. Um, I know of a um, uh, a particular incident that I was told of. You know, in Tyler, same situation. They they were not happy with the restrictions, giving that the services that they provide were very similar to other services sure. that are actually open to run. Yeah, yeah. So, have we heard anything, or is there any? kind of um, any kind of sense from the governor's office that some of those restrictions might be lifted? I believe that once we get past the holiday weekend and we get far enough past the opening of school that we may see some relaxing. But until then. But until then, I mean, we've, when you look back with each time that it was relaxed and we hit a holiday and there was more mingling, more sure. and and quite, um, uh, not possibly, there was more of the sickness in the community. Sure. It was spread more relatively. So I think that's what, if I were the governor, I would be waiting on this, these two or three metrics to come through and then could possibly see a lifting. School and the holiday, those are the two things. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. But we had, like you said, the holiday this weekend. We'll see how that goes down. Football yeah. started back last Friday. Um, a lot of people in the stands all over the state. Yeah, and Labor Day is the the last holiday of the summer, and after we have a rainy week. Yeah, well, well last holiday of the summer. Yeah, we've all been on holiday for like six months because <laughs> it's twenty twenty. We we've all been the on year of the holiday. Yeah, I, actually, it wasn't a holiday. It was like quarantine vacation where no one's allowed out of their living room. <laughs> well, you've seen a lot more. Um, I've seen a great deal of satirical songs come out about quarantining here oh, in the last few weeks. <laughs> yes, that's, that is true. All right. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this, uh, this week's podcast with Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about what's going on in our county, sir. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Michael.